Um, Now we're going to be uh, turning uh, to Exodus chapter 27 this evening. Please, Exodus chapter 27. Um, We will um, be considering uh, mainly the the, the bronze or the brazen altar um, and... uh, and maybe that will come clear as we as we uh, as we consider these these verses, the importance of it, and uh, the focus of it that, um, that that is in this text. And so we'll consider that for most of our time this evening. Um, but we'll take time to read uh, the whole of of the chapter. So um, Exodus chapter twenty-seven, and beginning at uh, verse one. Uh, you shall make the altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad. The altar shall be square, its height shall be three cubits, and you shall make horns for it on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. You shall make pots for it to receive its ashes and shovels and basins and forks and firepans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall also make for it a grating, a network of bronze on the net. You shall make your bronze rings at its four corners, and you shall set under the ledge of the altar so that the net extends halfway down the altar and you shall make poles for the altar poles of acacia wood and overlay them with bronze and the poles shall be put through the rings so that the poles are on the two sides of the altar when it is carried you shall make it hollow with boards as it has been shown you on the mountain so shall it be made verse 9 you shall make the court of the tabernacle on the south side the court shall have hangs of fine twined linen a hundred cubits long for one side Its 20 pillars and their 20 bases shall be of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets shall be made of silver. And likewise, for its length on the north side, there shall be hangings 100 cubits long, its pillars 20 and their bases 20 of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets shall be made of silver. And for the breadth of the core on the west side, there shall be hangings for 50 cubits with 10 pillars and 10 bases. The breadth of the court on the front to the east shall be 50 cubits. The hangings for the one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and three bases. On the other side of the hanging shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and three bases. For the gate of the court, there shall be a screen 20 cubits long of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen embroidered with needlework. It shall have four pillars with them Four, uh, sorry, it shall have four pillars and with them four bases. All the pillars around the court shall be filleted with silver. Their hooks shall be of silver and their bases of bronze. The length of the court shall be 100 cubits and breadth 50 and the height 5 cubits with hangings of fine twined linen and bases of bronze. All the utensils of the tabernacle for every use and all its pegs and all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze. You shall command the people of Israel that they uh, bring to you pure beaten olive, uh, olive oil for the light, that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. In the tent of meeting outside the veil that is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to be observed throughout the generations by the people of Israel. Amen. Uh, we're continuing uh, this evening in, in this um, section of Exodus, which deals with uh, the instruction of the building of, of the tabernacle. Um, Moses is presenting to us um, these uh, instructions that he has been given uh, from the Lord. And, and we have begun 
and we have been moving uh, outwards as we began in the middle uh, or, or rather in the in the in the in the, in the in the most holy place within the, the tabernacle itself, we began in, in chapter 25 with the Ark of the Covenant. We have moved uh, outwards as we move from that most holy place into, into, the, into the, the tabernacle, uh, tabernacle into that, uh, the holy place. Uh, there's the table of showbread. There's the, the golden um, candlesticks or lampstands. And, and Moses then, as he, uh, and last week, we then considered the, the actual building of the tabernacle. We dis- discussed the boards and the, te- uh, the coverings of it. And then we are now in chapter 27, outside of the tabernacle. We're in the court of the tabernacle. We're still within that kind of perim- perimeter fence. And uh, we, we kind of uh, see that uh, this evening um, his fence in inverted commas, uh, and and the we're in this area here, and Moses brings before us first of all, and uh, maybe this is the way the Lord gave it to him, uh, that first of all the thing that is presented is the is the bronze or the brazen altar, and uh, and so we'll we're going to spend most of our time considering that uh, this this evening, uh, as we as we think of all that is in the the tabernacle and the court of the tabernacle, we've missed a couple things. Uh, and maybe uh, those who are uh, switched on will, will will know that. And as we come out of the, uh, we've, we've missed one thing within the tabernacle. We've missed the, the altar of incense. And uh, so that's another altar. And, that, and, and, we're, and we'll consider that, God willing, in chapter 30. And in chapter 30 as well, we, 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 we see something else which, which hasn't yet been discussed. And you might think as we move from the most holy place, uh, from westward, uh, we're moving eastward and we're moving uh, through the, 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 the tabernacle. We get outside the tabernacle and logic might uh, think that we, we're going to see the next thing that's outside the tabernacle. Uh, but but that's, that's going to be the labor. But, but we've missed that out and we're going to cover that in chapter 30. Uh, Moses wants to bring before us, as we look outside of the tabernacle in the court, uh, he's going to consider uh, uh, what we're going to consider this evening is maybe what is uh, of most focus, at least, maybe uh, not quite as far as saying most importance, uh, but of most focus is the, is, the, is the brazen altar, the bronze altar. And, and everything that goes on in the tabernacle uh, is, is in some way associated with, with, this, with, this, with this brazen altar, this bronze altar, the, the altar uh, of um, where sacrifices were given. Uh, and so we see the altar, we see the... the um, we see the dimensions that are given to us uh, in, in verse one there. It's going to be five cubits long, so over kind of, uh, and, and, and broad as well. So it's going to be square. It's going to be over two meters squared. It's going to be um, just under 1.4 meters high. And uh, we see that it's got horns on, its, on the corners. Um, and we see that it's overlaid with, with bronze. We're going to consider that later. We see some of the things that were made, the pots, and the um, shovels and basins and forks and, and the fire pans, uh, the fire pans to take, the, to take the, 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 the coal from off this altar to bring it into the altar of, of incense. Um, and we see there's a grating uh, that the, the, the sacrifices were lifted off the ground and, and they were, um, there was this, this grating in the middle of the, of the altar. We see there's a ledge and we see that there's poles and and this and this uh, speaks to us of the fact that it, the tabernacle was moved, doesn't it? And um, the tabernacle was was built 
uh, to be moved uh, from place to place as the people went. So there was poles and they were made of wood, of, a, of acacia wood and covered with bronze as well. And they were put through the rings and, and that's how it was to be, to be carried. And so we have all this, all this detail about the, the altar. We're not going to spend too much time thinking about these uh, or any time really thinking about these different um, uh, utensils that are you know, associated with, with the altar. We can uh, maybe take a bit, a bit too long for us this evening. Uh, but but we have this altar, the the brazen altar, maybe the bronze altar, uh, depending on what version you might have, uh, you might uh, know it as. Um, the altar was uh, is called different things throughout our throughout our Bible. It's it's referenced as it's referred to as the, the the altar of burnt offerings in Exodus thirty, and so there is a, is a, a, you know associated with. We see that in 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 Exodus twenty nine and and then in thirty the. The fact that it's associated with all these offerings that are given. And it's called the altar of God in Psalm 43. And it's called the altar of the Lord in Malachi as well. And so uh, we have the altar. In verse 1 it says you shall make the altar of acacia wood. And, and the authorised says an altar, I think it is. Uh, but really the idea here is of the altar. And, and, and this is the, the predominant altar and uh, that, that, that is spoken of. And as we think of the sacrifices that were given... They were all given to be burned on on this altar, uh, and and so it's 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 referred to as as the altar of acacia wood. Um, it is the altar of of burnt offerings. It stands in in uh, it's 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 different to the altar of incense. The altar of incense in in chapter thirty, as I said, is it is in the tabernacle. It is that which the the incense is is kind of um, is 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 poured out onto. It produced the the fragrance that was in the tabernacle, and um, but but uh, and some have suggested that that kind of speaks of if if that the fragrance and and the 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 incense which speaks of prayer speaks of kind of Christ's intercessory kind of post Calvary um, work. Uh, here we have as we think about the altar, we're going to be thinking this evening of what Christ accomplished at Calvary, what Christ accomplished at Calvary, and and this is really what this altar is is speaking of so we'll be, we'll be thinking about that uh, in in some detail this evening the, the word altar means to be to be lifted up or to be to be elevated to be brought high the altar was it was it wasn't huge uh, it was maybe as i said one point maybe four meters uh, high uh, so a little bit off the ground these sacrifices weren't just put onto the ground uh, but but when we think of the the fact that it was moved maybe uh, and to be you know to be transportable uh, it was maybe smaller than some of the later altars that we that we can see, but but the name altar, the word altar, uh, reminds us that as uh, so we think of of that which is elevated, uh, we we can think of in 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 the book of Exodus, we think of Moses and how he, and how he used who he, he would go up in chapter nineteen. It speaks of Moses going up onto the mountain in chapter twenty four, uh, verse one. Um, it says there, and he said to Moses, "Come up to the Lord." And so Moses is brought to the to the mountain top. In in Exodus thirty four as well, we have it in verse two. Uh, Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai. Verse four. So Moses cut two table, tablets of stone like the first, and he arose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai. And so, uh, as we think in Exodus of those who went up, we can think as well of maybe other. Uh, maybe some homework for us. Maybe in your mind you're already thinking of other people who went up, and uh, we can think of Moses going up, 
and going up to meet with God. And, and, and here we have an altar and it speaks of elevation. And I think it speaks about going up. In contrast, maybe we have the Tower of Babel, don't we? That those who wanted to build a tower that reached up into, into the heavens. Um, but this, this, this altar, I think, speaks of that idea of going up to meet with God. To meet with God. And you say, well, God was in the, was in the most holy place, wasn't he? And, and he was. And, and, and it was only the high priest who could go in once a year to, to, to be into the presence of God. And yet, in some sense, there is a, this altar is a, is a meeting place with God. In, um, in Exodus 29 and verse 42, uh, as, as, as there is this consecration for the, for the priests and the, 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 all these different sacrifices that are given, it says there, it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. You see, this was a, a meeting place. And, and let us not forget that the tabernacle uh, is concerned about communion with God, with God. And, 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 and this altar was in some way uh, a, a meeting place. And it says in front of the tent of meeting. And so uh, it may be a little bit confusing because it's not really quite, the altar isn't quite right in front of the, the tent of meeting. And, um, and the Lord's dwelling place was in that most holy place uh, there uh, where the high priest went once a year. But, but in some sense, this altar was a, was a meeting place with God. And, and God um, could, uh, as the sacrifices went up, he, he, he was there receiving those sacrifices, receiving the praise, uh, receiving the, the offerings uh, to him. And so the, this altar, it speaks about being, being elevated, being, uh, and I think it speaks of, of, of a meeting place. Uh, but then we see that this altar is, is bronze or, or, or made of brass or, or copper, uh, whatever your translation might, might say. And, and we see different materials in the tabernacle. I'm sure we've, we've, we've spoken about it already um, and, and we've noticed it. Uh, the different materials. We remember the, the Ark of the Covenant was made the same wood, acacia wood. Um, but it was in verse 11 of chapter 25, it was to be overlaid with pure gold. And so we have this gold that is in the most holy place. And, and as you come, uh, as, as, you, as we thought about last week, the, the tabernacle, uh, we have the tabernacle being built and the bases, they were, um, I suppose if it was with the, the youngsters, we maybe do a quiz right now. We'd, we'd, we'd try and remind ourselves what it was. The, the bases in the, in the tabernacle were made of, of silver, weren't they? Speaking of, speaking of redemption. And, and as we come into the, the court of the tabernacle, the court of the tabernacle is marked by, uh, it was associated with bronze or with, with brass. And so the, the altar is to be covered by, by bronze, the the, the, the um, uh, the instruments are to be made of bronze. Uh, the bases of the court of the tabernacle are to be made with, with bronze. It wasn't that there was no other materials. There was silver there as well, but, but the bases there were bronze. And, and so the, 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 the court of the tabernacle is associated with, with this material bronze. And, and I think as we see the progression, as we move from the most holy place out to the, out to the court of the tabernacle, we see this kind of, not progression, regression maybe, I guess, in, in, in the materials that were used. We remember even the, 
last week as we thought of the tabernacle being built, there was the, 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 the fine uh, linen in the inside, but on the outside covered with, with goats, with goatskin. And, and we have the gold in the, in the most holy place and we, and we have it coming out to the silver and the bronze. Uh, and so I think this just speaks to us of the, of the specialness, the preciousness of, of that place in the, in, the, in the tabernacle, the most holy place where God dwelt. Um, the, the place where, where God was, where the high priest would go. And, and in there, it, there was, it was marked by gold because it was something that was special. It was something that was, where it, that was separate. Uh, it was of high value there. Um, and so there is that sense of that kind of regression as we move out. Uh, but also as we think of, of the bronze, we think of that which is associated with, with judgment. Um, and so you might remember in Numbers 21, we have the, the um, remember the, the, the children of, of Israel have, um, have you know, grumbled against, against uh, God and, and the Lord sends these fiery serpents in um, and uh, among the people. And they bit the people in Numbers 21 and they said, we have sinned. And so Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole. Everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. And so Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. And so we have here uh, God's judgment on the people. And, and yet the, the bronze uh, serpent there, um, wonderful picture of Christ uh, that they were to look to and to live. Uh, and then in Revelation chapter 1, we have that. Um, that picture of, of the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man. And in, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 15, uh, it says there, his feet, this, this image of the Son of Man, his, his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. Uh, and so, you know, you wonder maybe when we come to these materials or different colours, uh, numbers even in the Bible, sometimes we, we have to think, you know, we have to think sensibly about these uh, before rush, rushing off, I think, and thinking that everything maybe means something. But, but here we have uh, this bronze um, and, and we see it, I think, we see it being associated with the idea of, of judgment. Someone has said this, that brass might speak of the necessity of God's righteous judgment upon sin. The necessity of God's righteous judgment upon sin. He goes on to say, the son of man in the garments of a judge had feet like unto fine brass as if they were burning in a furnace. Uh, a brass altar reminds man of his unworthiness and that he is only worthy of God's judgment. But at the same time, the altar in totality speaks of the provision of God in grace and mercy through the death of Christ. And so we have this altar here. It is a bronze altar, a brass altar. And, and, and this speaks of God's judgment. And, and as we think about what happened at the altar, as we think of the sacrifices that were that were placed on there, the fire that burned, uh, we, we see there uh, that, that it is associated with, with the blood uh, of the sacrifice and it is associated there with, with the judgment of sin, the righteous judgment of sin. And so this altar, uh, as it is there in the court of the tabernacle, uh, it is the first thing that uh, would have been seen as, as, as the as the, the one with the sacrifice uh, would, would go into, the, into this court. And, and we saw that in, in the picture 
uh, that was on the that was on the screen. Uh, that the first thing that they would have seen would have been this altar, and 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 here, um, uh, Moses as he as he brings before us the instructions given to him uh, for the court of the tabernacle uh, brings before us firstly. Uh, the bronze altar, and, and he does that in other places as well. In the end of near the end of Exodus, as 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 they are, as it's been described, what um what is what has been made, uh, when it comes to that which is in the the the, the core of the tabernacle, uh, Moses again lists this first, this first. It has a preeminent place uh, in in the list in in the order, and uh, and and even in the in the court of the tabernacle. I think we see that that as the 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 one with the sacrifice would come in, they would first see this altar. This altar, as I said, it wasn't massive, but it wasn't too small either. It was um, it was quite impressive in size, I guess. Uh, it would have stood out with not many different things there in the court of the tabernacle, um, and of course, it would have been seen. It would have been seen round about. You know, I was thinking of the. The, the Israelites, as they, as they, as they were camped around the, the tabernacle, maybe if they were on a slight hill, they would have been able to, to see over the top of the, of the, of the court of the tabernacle and, and to see over that, those, those hangings. And, and maybe they would have looked in and seen the, the altar. If they didn't see it, maybe they would have seen the, 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 the flames or the fire. They would have certainly seen the smoke that was going up. And, and, and those all around would have been able to, to see that the altar was, was burning and, and was on, was, there was this fire that was never put out. And, and so it was this thing which would have attracted the eye and, and, and you, can, um, you can imagine that the one coming with the sacrifice, you know, with their animal after they had maybe sinned and they would bring it before the priest and, and there uh, in front of them as they came into the court, there was the... There was the altar, or 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 the priest as he would go to minister uh, that day, he would go into the court, and the first thing that he would come across would have been this altar, and and no matter what his job was for that day, uh, whatever he was doing, uh, he would have had to have gone past the the altar. You see, the way to God's presence, uh, the way to 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 a closeness with God. And into his presence is through, is through the altar. It's through the altar. Communion with God uh, is not possible except first uh, that blood is shed uh, on the altar. And uh, Wearsby says this, um, maybe picturing the, the priest. Uh, but he says this, If a sinner could manage to enter the tabernacle courtyard and wash in the laver, that wouldn't save him. Nor would he be forgiven if he entered into the holy place and ate the bread or burned the incense. The way into the presence of God began at the brazen altar where innocent victims died for guilty sinners. And, and, and so the, 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 the Israelite uh, or the priest, as they want to come to God and to be forgiven, uh, it is the altar that they need to come to. It is the altar they need to come to. It was associated with sacrifice and it was there, as we read in, in Exodus 29, it was there where the Lord said, I will, uh, I will meet you. And so we're reminded, of course, as we think of Christ, as we think of the tabernacle, you know, it doesn't take 
long for us to, to, to look to Christ. And, and as we think of Christ, we, we can think maybe of John 14. It was read this morning, you know, um, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father except uh, through me, except by Christ. And so Christ is the way in which we can obtain access into the Father. You see, the altar speaks of, speaks of Christ. And all that went on on the altar uh, spoke of Christ. In uh, Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22, it says here, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or no remission of sins. And so we, we, we cannot have our sins removed uh, unless we come uh, to God through blood, uh, through the shedding of blood. And of course, we look to Christ and we look to the one who, who gave himself uh, for us. And it is not through the washing of, of water. You know, if you've got a dirty, uh, you know, if you've got a mark in your, in your clothes, you know, you, you wash it in water, don't you? And, uh, but it's not through water that we, that we get cleansed from our sin, uh, but it's through blood. And so the hymn writer says, and we sometimes sing it, maybe not too often, uh, wash me in the blood of the lamb and I will be whiter than snow. The laver could do nothing uh, for, for the people unless uh, they were first coming through the uh, shedding of blood on the altar. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't just the, the shedding of blood at, at redemption uh, that was required. You remember the, the first Passover, you know, when, when the people were there in, in Egypt still and they, uh, the, the blood was shed and the blood had to be applied, didn't it? It was applied to the doorposts and, and the blood was so important for the redemption of the people. Uh, but it wasn't just that. But, you know, you might think of the, the Israelite who had sinned who had, 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 had sinned and, and done wrong and disobeyed. And what did they do? They had to bring an animal uh, and they had to come and to bring a sin offering. And it was on the altar uh, that they had to, to it was through the, the, the blood of an animal that they were to, to, to seek forgiveness. You know, when it comes to us, you know, the cross is good enough for us uh, to receive salvation. And uh, what Christ accomplished there, um, but it's also what we must come to when it comes to the daily cleansing or the daily forgiveness that we need when we sin. You know, is that not what John speaks of in First John when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only is God faithful, but he is just. He is just and he is just to forgive us uh, not because of because since we have been saved, we have been able to earn merit with God, but it's, he is just to forgive us because we come to God, even in that relational aspect, seeking forgiveness uh, based on the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And so the, the, the altar uh, this, uh, uh, and, and the sacrifice associated with it was the key to uh, drawing near to God. But of course, as we think of the sacrifice of, as we think of the sacrifice of, uh, of the altar, of course, we think of Christ, and 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 we think of the greater sacrifice, don't we? You know, the the sacrifice, uh, the the altar here. Sorry, in, in in Leviticus 
6 uh, and, and 13 tells us uh, that, that it was never to be, to be put out. Leviticus 6, 13, fire shall be kept burning on the, on the altar continually. It shall not go out. You see, it was always required. It was always required. You know, and, and whatever sacrifice it was had to be brought to the altar. You know, when we think of maybe the sacrifices in Leviticus at the start of Leviticus, you know, we see the, the burnt offerings, the meal offerings and the peace offerings. We see the, the sin offerings and the, the trespass offerings. Or maybe just the, the offerings in the morning and the offerings in the evening. Or, or the offerings uh, to after the time of purification. Uh, the offerings for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the firstborn or whatever it is. Uh, that, you know, this altar was always in use uh, continually day after day. And whether it was the daily offerings or the, the, maybe the ad hoc offerings or even the annual offerings of the, of, of the Day of Atonement. The offerings... Uh, would keep coming and this altar was continually in use of course we know that the altar was and, and these sacrifices they, they were never able to deal with the issue of sin were they uh, we, we, we know that we know that well uh, but but of course they, they point to christ this 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 um, deficiency in the sacrifices as it were um, because they were never able to achieve anything um, that was lasting um, or anything really at all that wasn't uh, pointing forward to to Christ in, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 11 it says there and every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin you know there was a deficiency in these sacrifices and in, in, in all that was associated with the altar uh, the, there wasn't anything in itself that could be accomplished you know the altar was there was a s- association with with holiness with the altar you know those who who would touch the altar, anything that touched the altar would become holy. We read that in Exodus 29, 37. Whatever touches the altar shall become holy. So there was a sense, uh, maybe a partial sense of of holiness being uh, attributed or associated with the the altar. Um, But in itself could really achieve nothing. Sin was not able to be dealt with through the altar of burnt offerings. And so if we continue in Hebrews 10 to verse 12, it says there that in contrast to the priest who stands daily, repeatedly offering the same sacrifices, it says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You know, these sacrifices and this sacrificial system, it just pointed to Christ, pointed forward to the one who, who, who was truly able to deal with sin. And they were all just a picture of him. And it wasn't that he looked at these old things and thought, I can make them better. Uh, but they were all just a foreshadow of, of, of the sacrifice that was to come. And the author to the Hebrews uh, writes on, on several occasions about the fact that Christ's sacrifice is far better. And there's five occasions when he speaks of the uh, when the author here speaks of the 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 the, the fact that Christ off, uh, offered himself once, the fact that Christ offered himself once, and we're going to just take time. You might want to turn to Hebrews just for, to read these verses, uh, five different verses maybe or so, uh, to see these instances. And in Hebrews chapter seven, uh, we see there in verse twenty six, 
uh, for it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest. And, and mark the characteristics of, the, of this high priest. Holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. You see, Christ's sacrifice is in contrast here because of his sinlessness. Yeah, do you notice that? It's not that, that, that these priests, they first had to offer for themselves, but Christ, he didn't need to do that. He was sinless. He was unstained. He was separate. And so he is greater in that sense because of the sinlessness of the sacrifice and of the, the one who gave uh, the, the sacrifice in Christ giving himself. In, in, in chapter 9, verse 12, uh, we have here the... Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, yeah, verse 12, and it says there, um, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And here, as we think of Christ's sacrifice, we think of the, 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 the span of the redemption that he, uh, that he procured. Yeah, it was securing an eternal redemption. And it, so it stands in contrast to those who had to, to offer day after day and, and, and year after year uh, because this is able to obtain eternal redemption. And so we have the span. In, in verse 26 of the same chapter, of chapter 9, um, maybe read verse 25. Uh, Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, so Christ didn't offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood not his own, for then he would have had... To, uh, that's Christ, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all, at the end of the age, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You know, Christ's sacrifice here, uh, it is that, uh, this speaks of the sufferings of Christ. They were far greater, far greater than, than the sufferings of, of, of the animals. All that Christ endured uh, to, to, to deal with the issue of sin. And, and he suffered once, he suffered once uh, for us. Verse 28, further down the chapter. Uh, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And it's that phrase, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, and this is the scope of the sacrifice. You know, it wasn't just that the sacrifice was made for the one who gave the, the, the animal because they had sinned. Or even the, the, the high priest who gave the, 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 who, who sacrificed on behalf of the nation. But here Christ's sacrifice is better because he bore the sins of, of many. And we enter into the good of that, don't we? And we think of those uh, all around the world uh, from, from the dawn of time. Uh, to, 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 to the end of the age who will, who will enter into uh, the good of Christ's sacrifice. And so his sacrifice is far better uh, because, he, uh, he is, because of the scope it was for, for the many. And then finally, the final one where it speaks about this once, Christ's sacrifice, uh, which was once in Hebrews 10, verse 10. Um, or maybe read from verse 9. Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of, Christ, of Jesus Christ once 
for all. This speaks of the satisfaction, the satisfaction of God as uh, as he received the sacrifice and, and, and the satisfaction received in Christ was far greater than the sacrifices of the altar of burnt offerings. And so we see from Hebrews, and there's many other places we could go and consider this for much longer, but that Christ's sacrifice is far greater. We, we, we rest in, in, in not the, the, the blood of, of animals, but in the blood of, of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we sung it tonight, didn't we? No blood, no altar now. The sacrifice is o'er. No flame, no smoke ascends on high. Uh, the lamb is slain no more. But richer blood has flowed from nobler veins to purge the soul from guilt and cleanse the reddest stains. You know, we don't have a, an altar. We have no need of an altar because Christ has, 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 has fulfilled all that the altar spoke of. You know, the reformers, they were, they were keen to get rid of the altars in churches. You know, maybe, I don't know if you, when you go on holiday, maybe you like to go to these old church buildings and, and there you can maybe walk around and uh, ideally for, for free and, and you get to see all these, uh, these grand, you know, the, the architecture and, and, and you can look up to the ceiling and you see the, 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 the windows and, and all that there is. And it's, it's quite amazing, really, in one sense. And, and maybe you can go and you can think of the history of what went on in some of these churches. Uh, but, but at the front is not a, a, a platform or a pulpit. That's often out to the side, isn't it? But at the front is, is what they call the altar. Uh, uh, and yet when you come here, when you come to Fernley, we, we don't have an altar, do we? And when we meet for, for, for the breaking of bread, we have a table. Uh, because we don't look to, 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 to repeat the sacrifice, but we look to remember the sacrifice and and uh, you know the, the reformers they were keen to get rid of these altars and, and, and good on them because they're confusing because we, because we don't need an altar and when it comes to the, the breaking of bread even we don't need an altar because we come in simplicity to remember the one who has um, who has achieved all that there was to be achieved and who has done everything and who has sat down at the right hand of God uh, and, and so the, so the altar is gone. But there is an altar, lest, lest we just get confused. In, in Hebrews 13, there is an altar. In verse 10, it says, we have an altar. And so, and so we, we pay close attention here, because this is strange. Maybe we have an altar with those whom, who serve the tent, have no right to, to eat. Um, and it says there in verse 12, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Verse 13, therefore, let us go out, uh, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. You see, not only was the sacrifice the, the, uh, fulfilled in Christ. Yeah, and we can look at Leviticus and we can look at all these other sacrifices and we can rejoice that, that they are fulfilled in Christ. But I think the altar is fulfilled in Christ as well. I think here we see that Christ is the altar. And, and, and when it comes to us, you know, we, we can maybe think of how we are sacrifices, you know, Romans 12, that we are living sacrifices. And, and so how is it that we sacrifice to God? Well, we sacrifice through our words, through our praise. Uh, we th- sacrifice through our deeds. We sacrifice through, 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 through giving off our money. And we, we sacrifice to God. Uh, but how is it we do this? We, we don't have an altar anymore. Well, First Peter chapter 2 and verse 
uh, 5 says this. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And so he is the, the altar. He is the, he is the one in whom we bring our sacrifices to God. And he is the one in whom not only we can come to God, not only can we approach God through, through, the, through the sacrifice of Christ, but, but we can also live for God through, through Christ. And it's the only way we can ever do anything for God is through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And so, so there's the, you know, we sometimes look at these things and we say, where's the, where's the practical? You know, when, when it comes to Monday morning, how do I, you know, how does this impact my, my life? Well, hopefully an appreciation for Christ, appreciation for, for, the, for the sacrifice that he, of what he gave for us, the greatness of his sacrifice, but also that, that we would seek to live uh, for him and to glorify God in our lives and uh, not through even our, our own merits, not through, through what we want to accomplish for ourselves, but we, but we do it all through him. We do it all through him and we can only be pleasing to God if it is done through Jesus Christ. Let us make sure, let us make sure, just in closing, that we have, that we are in Christ. Let us make sure that we are trusting in the, the, the greatness of Christ's sacrifice because it is only through him that we can have our sins forgiven. Let's, let's pray. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we uh, give you thanks uh, this evening to consider uh, the work of Christ and, and the person uh, of him. Father, we give you thanks for his sinlessness and we give you thanks for his work at Calvary. And uh, our Father, we would uh, pray that our appreciation of him might grow as we, as we consider these things, Father. We, we, we just want to give you Thanks again uh, for him uh, this evening. We give you thanks for time that we're able to spend uh, together this evening, praying and considering your word, singing hymns together. And, and Father, as we, as we have a time of refreshment afterwards, we just pray that you would bless that time as well, that it might be edifying to us all, uh, that we might seek to encourage one another. And Father, we give you thanks for your goodness to us and all that you have provided for us. Uh, we, we, we acknowledge and accept that it comes from your hand. And so we give you thanks for that as well. We pray for these things uh, in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.